Welcome to Normal Adjustments. Because not all tales are created equal, and neither are the people that tell them. Welcome everyone to another week, another episode of Normal Adjustments. This is your host, Nicole. And this week I have a very special episode with my first panel episode. And I have with me my two friends, Rachel and Raquel. Hi, girls. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I love that. In unison. That was awesome. Um, and yeah, uh, we're here to talk about motherhood. This is an episode I've been wanting to do for a long time, but actually it's been in the making since I found out both of you in my mind, both of you were pregnant. I think I approached both of you about it. Um, at the beginning, I thought, is it about being pregnant in COVID or is it about motherhood? But here's the thing. I'm all about challenging the norm. I'm all about challenging uh, societal for norms and structures. Therefore, I thought that these two very lovely friends, very able, very successful friends, were two very good candidates to talk about this. So uh, let's just get started. Let's just uh, hear from each of you. Uh, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Rachel. Oh, I get to be the one that goes first. Exciting. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, my name is Rachel. And um, I live here in London um, with my husband and my five-month-old Ava. Um, I, as you can tell from my accent, am American. <laughs> um, and I've been in, in London for about three years now. Um, just had my anniversary, actually. Yeah. Um, I gave birth here at Chelsea Westminster, which sounds way fancier, <laughs> way <laughs> fancier than what it was which is probably something I'll <laughs> mention later. Um, I thought it was going to be very la-di-da, but it was pretty much the opposite. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to talk to another mom um, and kind of hear about Raquel's experience in New York. Thank you, Rachel. Raquel? So I'm Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, I am born and raised in Puerto Rico. I have a six and a half month old Luca. I gave birth in Lenox Hill in the Upper East Side. No touche. I did not choose it because of the Netflix show. So that just happened I to have been. And then it, the Netflix show came significantly after. So like, I was like, oh my God, I'm giving birth in the Netflix show. Anyway, um, or Carrie Bradshaw. I've been in New York City for, I think I want to say like 11 years now. I'm currently working. I work for a construction company uh, and real estate company. And now I'm thrilled to be here with you ladies, talk about our experiences about motherhood. And yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having us, Nicole. Of course. Now, thank you guys for taking the time out of your busy schedules and your precious little children. It really means a lot for me. And the reason I wanted to have this conversation with friends is also, you know, there's an open and honest conversation. Both of you have literally expressed hardships through this whole process in its own individual ways. And one, I think it we need to talk about it more as women. I know that a lot of movements out there are trying to do this, kind of dismystifying the only pink picture painted about uh, motherhood and, and the pregnancy process, etc. cetera. Uh, so I wanted to be part of that and use the people around me to actually talk about it. And I want to get started with this thing about becoming a mother because we are born in 
cultures in societal forms based on our circumstances and we are told that we have to follow this kind of path in life right like you uh, graduate high school you go to college then you meet your sweetheart and then you get married and then you give birth and then you buy a house right so we all know the, the path and you know per personally now I'm 33 and that's not my life at all <laughs> and it's not a life for many people I want to start there because uh, I know, Raquel, that you had a particular kind of view about becoming a mother eventually in your life. Yeah. So in my scenario, so like I said before, and I work for a company that is a real estate slash construction company. I work on their construction side. And um, as Nicole very well knows, I'm very much career driven. So like everything that I did, like I could work. 12, 14, 16 hours daily, like burn myself out to the core. And for some odd reason, I understood that that was okay. And it's primarily, again, because we spoke about culture. From a cultural perspective, I actually come from two parents that are very hardworking. I have to give them both similar credit. Uh, my dad, who shall not name his age, just because I think he will kill me if he hears this, um, <laughs> cannot let go of his job. Like this is a like a daily conversation at my house. And then my mom, who basically ended up raising us by herself she had three jobs at one point when I was growing up so like for my scenario like my my household where I grew up everybody that worked like everybody worked very much and I understood that that was what was expected of me so then fast forward when I finally like I find out that I'm pregnant and we'll talk a little bit about like my pregnancy story as a working individual I end up finding out that my biggest challenge was how do I become a mom and still be successful at the same time and, or not successful, but successful in my job, right? Because that's what I understood made me successful. Um, and that's one definition that I'm still trying to figure out the definition of success. I still haven't figured it out, to be frankly honest. Um, Luca is still, still six and a half months old and I just went back to work three months ago. So I'm still trying to figure out that balance. I even had like a conversation with my manager at one point, just telling her like, when I came back, I took as many projects as I could just to like feel that I like could still do it. Um, to the point that I won't, maybe like a month and a half in, I just went like, guys, I need to stop taking projects. And the definition of success is not necessarily determined of how well do you actually end up just doing in your job. It's like doing the balance between your job, your family, your, your child in this scenario, which is the conversation, your relationships, family oriented or like partner oriented. So I think that's the balance that I'm still trying to figure out from a success perspective, how to figure it out in my position within all of this was when I found out, I wasn't very happy about it. I was very, very, uh, a lot of anxiety started, depression. Uh, my boyfriend, uh, we are not married, FYI. <laughs> and that's a typical conversation that I end up having with a lot of people. Ultimately, when we, when we started talking about all of this, it was more so like, how am I going to manage my job and still do this? Because even though I would love to say men have it as equally as hard as women, granted, I'm not taking away from their experience. Their experience is fantastic. But the reality is that there is a lot of things, whether if it's breastfeeding, the process of actually giving birth, et cetera, that they do not experience it. And that's okay. Like, that's just like how life is. And I had to cope with that. That wasn't like an easy understanding for me. Um, 
but I wasn't really happy about being a mom. And um, I mean, granted, Luca is like fantastic and I have a very beautiful baby boy, so I can't complain. Like he sleeps the whole night, which is amazing. <laughs> but but uh, shout out. <laughs> shout out, yes, girl. But um, you know, like that's an achievement, right? Like I but the reality is that I don't want him to think that I don't love him, but I still didn't want to be a mom. And when people ask me, do you want to be a mom again? My immediate straight response is no. So I wanna... tell us where does that kind of thing comes from of, of not originally wanting a child, like that decision? So there's two things. So I have an aunt uh, who lives in Florida. She ended up adopting. She has a very similar path as I did. So like, um, I'm not going to jump a lot into her story, but very career driven, very smart woman. She ended up meeting her husband, who's my uncle, who's an amazing gentleman. I don't like somebody that I consider almost like a father figure as well. They, she didn't want to have a kid. Right. So she opted, like she ended up having her own experience. She tried to have babies and she lost her babies at eight months. So like, I was very much scared of that. Like she went through that experience with my uncle And I remember when I was a child going to the burial and everything. So that was something that actually did happen within our family that was very like shocking. And it did stay in my mind throughout like the whole process, right? Then the secondary component to all of it is that when, when you're going through this experience and you're trying to think, okay, I'm going to go through it. <laughs> I, I, I saw somebody that has gone through it. My aunt ended up adopting. So like, She, she went through her own experience of adoption. And my mentality was, I never want to physically, I always wanted to be a mom. That was very clear to me. I think like Nicole, who has known me for years, has always known that like my persona, I'm a cancer guy. So supposedly like super maternal. Um, and I think I am, right? Like I love to take care of my friends. I love taking care of my family members. I want to be present. But my idea of being present did not include having a child within my body, right? So like, it was just more so like adopting. And that was my mentality. It's like, okay, my aunt went through her process. She didn't have her babies, unfortunately. She ended up going through the course of adoption. And I was very clear that I never wanted to have babies. So why put myself through that <laughs> trouble, if that makes sense? And then I knew that her course through adoption, I had a beautiful guide that could help me through it, right? Um, so in my mind, my kid was always going to be adopted. But fast forward to last year. And um, Rachel, on on that path, yours is totally opposite, right? Yeah, I was just going to say that um, it's really interesting to hear your path because I feel like I'm on the reverse traditional traditional path or whatever you want to call it. I did get married. I have a whole story of how I, I met my husband, which could be a whole nother. other Oh my God, that is podcast. a whole nother podcast <laughs> episode. Yeah. We basically met on like romantic, a Jewish romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on, yeah. On this episode of Normal Adjustments and Romantic <laughs> Relationships. <laughs> We should save that one. We should save it. Um, I always joke that I'm going to make like a, we're going to write like a romantic comedy or something. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, we, we actually met on a Jewish dating app <laughs> when I was living in LA and my husband has been in London for like 12 years. He's um, originally from South Africa. We did end up getting married. Um, it was one of those like fast and furious. We met each other, got engaged six months later. And then two months later, we got married um, in Manhattan, actually at, at the courthouse. 
So that was a, that was a few years ago, and um, we always wanted to have a, a big like Jewish wedding um, because our entire family couldn't be there. Basically, most of my family got to be at the courthouse, or at least like have have a party, not necessarily at the courthouse, but um, but we always knew that we wanted to have like a big celebration and you know the opportunity for. Wayne's family to to experience it and to have a party and all that stuff. So we we did have our like our Jewish wedding in Cape Town in February. We get back from our wedding and I was like, huh, strange that my period hasn't come yet. <laughs> like this is weird. Um basically we found out that we were pregnant two days after we got back from our wedding. So we're like, what the hell? That's um, amazing. Yeah, yeah I, like, I mean, felt very chronology, very. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, because in our situation, my husband is he's getting his master's right now, so the plan. I mean, we never want to wait too long because obviously, like we're in our thirties. You know, there's that whole time piece, but we weren't officially like we weren't officially officially trying or anything like that it just it it happened for us in an unexpected way so and then in this scenario you and I actually like are very similar because I ended up finding out that I was pregnant just getting out of my office actually and just like I went to go in and read and just grab because I was off my period as well so you and I share the yeah. same experience in those regards I think I took how many pregnancy tests did you take I think I took Seven. five <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you save the pee stick yes <laughs> <You do. laughs> I have photos of my pee stick, like, and the, all of them seven in a row. It's like so nasty, but I, well, I saved one because I was like, "This is." Well, I didn't save, save them all. all. <laughs> oh yeah, no, just the one that like says it in digital, um, in digital format. So um, it's it's funny because around the same time you guys were pregnant, I found out about Raquel on my birthday last year. It was just before COVID hit, and. The first indication I had that Rachel was yes. might be pregnant was my birthday as well last yes. year because she yeah. came to my birthday and was not drinking. And she got a drink. Yeah. yeah. I was drinking some like lemonade, like um, mocktail. Well, I yeah. didn't think I didn't think much of it because Rachel's not that much of a drinker. So it was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but then I was like, oh, that's why you were not drinking in my birthday. You're so observant though. I'm surprised you even noticed that I wasn't drinking. Everybody in my um, office found out before anybody because I went to like a dinner. They like order shots and they order half of it. I am a big oh, no. <laughs> Um And unfortunately, I'm like, no, 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 no. It's fine. Like, can I have, please have a mask here, please? And like my boss looks at me. My uh, At that point, I had like five or six uh, project managers that were working with me at the time. And they all like looked at me and I'm like, yes, I'm pregnant. <laughs> it was like it was like my my way of telling everybody not because it was intentional and like even like the general contractor that I was working with was there so I think like everybody in like the meatpacking district ended up finding out that I was pregnant in the form of drinks like very circumstantial <laughs> yes. I love that so okay so Rachel it's sorry I'm sorry guys this is very confusing because the same name so I'm just like confused <laughs> in my brain um <laughs> Uh, so Raquel, uh, what is what does that feel feel like then to kind of get a positive test after kind of the so, story of not not kind of originally wanting it? So I go. I remember it was a Friday night. 
basically like I come home, do the test. Danilo had just like, he never goes out with his friends. He barely goes out with his friends. That night he went out with his friends. He was like at a friend's place in Brooklyn. And I'm like, I need you to come home right <laughs> now. He goes like, why? And I'm like, I need you to come home right now. And I do not want to give you an explanation. And he goes like, but Raquel, I'm like in Chris's house. I don't know what the hell. I'm like, I'm going to call you on FaceTime right now. <laughs> like I put FaceTime, I'm like, is that? And I put on the FaceTime, like the, the, the P-Fig. And I'm like, is that an enough excuse for you to come home right now? Oh my God. So he goes, <laughs> so he goes like, okay, I'm coming home right now. <laughs> Oh and God. I'm like freaking out at that moment I only had bought like one box I hadn't bought like the seven boxes and he arrives like at midnight so we're trying to look for a 24-hour pharmacy so we can go take seven additional tests and I couldn't find a pharmacy that was open in East Harlem of course as you can imagine I did not sleep the so then morning after go grab like seven tests I got like everything from like cheapest test to the most expensive test that I could find in the pharmacy I'm like I cannot cut cut costs on this like it needs to be right <laughs> I'll take 200 200 dollars on tests later <laughs> yeah 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 true to that and then like fast forward find out that evidently after seven tests I'm pregnant obviously I I, I legit like went threw plates on the floor I was so mad I started crying uncontrollably like I don't want to do this like I told you straight up that I didn't this is not something that I wanted for me like Danilo did have a really hard time that day like that like I really flipped out on him like I really went off on him and I'm sorry baby it was something that it came from such an inside part of me that the experience in itself like from the moment that like fast forward I get an appointment with my gynecologist like 20 days later, I've always been able to get on a gyno appointment the day after. I don't know why this lady just happened to be busy at this time. 20 days later. And I'm like, no, I cannot wait 20 days. Like, it was impossible. We were going actually out to a ski trip. I didn't know if I should go ski. I never skied in my life. Still haven't skied. So then I wasn't drinking because I didn't know if I was pregnant. And then my friends, Mari, John, all of them were all sitting down at the table. And like, why, is you not, why are you not drinking it? Well, here we go back with the drinking topic again. Um, and I couldn't ski and I couldn't do anything. And then I finally got to my gynos appointment. And it was actually like a really hard conversation that I had that I had with her because I was very clear with her that I didn't want the baby at that moment. And it was more so like a conversation starter. It's like, how does this whole thing look like if you were to terminate it? How does this whole thing look like if you were to go through with it, right? Um, and I came back home. I spoke to Danilo. We had both had taken the decision. I think I had told my mom just because I just didn't know how to process the whole thing. I will say a part of me, sorry, mom, but does regret talking to my mom about it because um, my mom has a very deep influence on me. It's a person that I admire very, very much. But her mind, her heart definitely did stick where it sticked. And I was like, you should have this baby, period. Danilo's heart was very clear on where it was standing. So I kind of felt a pressure on like, actually like, moving forward with it and did I give it a thought on the termination of course I did I had 14 weeks because you have to terminate before 14 weeks the full 14 weeks I gave it a thought how how far along were you when you tested positive do you know a, I was a month and a half okay. so I found out pretty I found I out it was about the quickly. same yeah yeah a month about and six, a half. I think it was about six weeks or so yeah exactly so I had like about six weeks to think about it right so like six weeks and something extra to think about it 
when I finally like sat down to it, like at that point, like Dan Danilo's mom had found out about it. I felt the pressure of moving forward with it. And the first thing, which I appreciate my boyfriend so much for it, he goes, if we're going to move forward with it, I'm going to be your biggest champion, but you need to go to your therapist every day. Not every day, but you need to go to therapy while you're pregnant. You're not going to go through with this if you do not go to therapy. And that same day, I reach out to my therapist who had known about my whole story that I was completely like, no, 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 no. Not having any physical kids, adopting, adopting, adopting. And I texted her and she go, and I told her I'm pregnant. And she goes like, I think we need to chat. And my therapist really has become my champion. And throughout the whole, throughout the whole thing, I think I, I would have not been able to go through the process if I didn't have my therapist throughout the whole time. And I was seeing her weekly um, throughout my whole therapy, throughout my whole pregnancy, I'm sorry. So now that that gets us into the topic of pregnancy, and I wanted to kind of talk about it because it's it's only nine months. It's a big stage of a woman's life, but it is heavy. You know, it's it's a lot of physical changes, hormonal changes, responsibility because you're literally growing a person inside of you. And I mean, I haven't gone through that process, so I want to get your both opinions and and experiences and anecdotes about it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess, like, in my story, the pregnancy piece of it, for me, was actually the easy part. Mm -hmm. Like, that was smooth, I would say, smooth sailing. Like, I was just lucky. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, sometimes I wonder if, um, you know, part of it is because we were both pregnant during COVID during lockdown, I didn't go into an office except in the very, like the first, what, two weeks or three weeks. I, I honest, honestly think it could have gone very differently had I been commuting into an office every day. I mean, I, I lived in New York for five years. It is like riding on a merry-go-round compared to yep. the London tube. It is awful and it's not air conditioned or at least most of the trains aren't air conditioned I know it's, it's awful. horrible mm. physically speaking I actually avoided a big obstacle I was fortunate that I didn't get a ton of side, side effects um I didn't get much morning sickness I don't know why I think I'm I don't know some kind of weird anomaly situation and I feel very fortunate for it Yeah. No, can I, I was just going to ask you, do you feel that because you went through the COVID, I agree with you, by the way, I was in a very similar situation, but um, because you just went through your pregnancy through COVID, do you feel like you missed on anything that you would have wanted to 100%. do that you didn't do? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask this yeah. to both of you because it's it's partly a blessing because then you don't have to spend that much money mm -hmm. on the pregnancy clothes you didn't have to mm -hmm. kind of do like you say too much movement so it was better you were at home like it kind of it, that's a good situation but then you don't get to share this thing that it's only nine months and it's probably mm -hmm. maybe sometimes the only time you're going to experience it and mm -hmm. also you kind of want to share that like I I didn't see you pregnant and Raquel and I hate that I agree with you at 100%, Rachel. So like, yes, not getting on the train was fabulous. Not having to walk anywhere was fabulous. But 
I feel like the one thing that I really did miss out, which I was really mad about, and I still am kind of mad about, is the fact that, for example, if I if I was going to go through this pregnancy, I wanted to do the pregnancy in a very, my way, right? Like, I wanted to eat healthy, which I did, by the way, because we actually, I didn't lose weight, but I never gained, I gained like 10 pounds at the end of my pregnancy. And oh, um, <laughs> I mean, it was, again, I'm, I'm with you on this one. My pregnancy was a blessing. It was exactly the same experience. No morning sickness, no cravings. I actually got cravings after I gave birth um, and mm-hmm. nothing. Like I, I didn't gain weight until the end of my pregnancy towards like month eight. That's when like my, my, you could actually see like my, my belly come on and nobody like, nobody would have ever noticed that I would have been pregnant most of the cases, which that was a huge component of why I didn't want to be pregnant as well. So from that scenario, the only thing that I hate about this process that I was not able to do like exercise while I was pregnant, like I would have wished I would have done like prenatal yoga and all these things and like things that like you hear women do right throughout Mm -hmm. their pregnancy. And I wasn't, I did not have the opportunity of doing, um, and even when I was talking to my therapist, like not being able to go out and grab some air, like she was actually like very much concerned about my mental health to the point that she ended up having a conversation with Daniela and just said like, you need to get that out of the house. You need to get out. Like, I don't know what you guys have to do. Like rent out a car, get zip car, go to upstate New York, get out of the house because I'm generally concerned about her mental health because it became like a, not a, she wasn't concerned at the moment. She was concerned of what could do for postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, if it could be more acute as a result of me going through depression during the pregnancy, which thank God it didn't end up happening significantly. And I didn't get postpartum depression either. Like I got a little bit, but not a lot. It was a double-edged sword because the physical part was so positive, but kind of the mental, emotional mm-hmm. part of it was where we missed out. Like mm-hmm. no one in my entire family saw me pregnant. Mm-hmm. the whole time. And that was like, you know, that was really hard. I think both for me, for my parents, I mean, it's, it's my parents' first grandchild, not, you know, not seeing your mom while you're pregnant. It's like, it's, it was really sad. It was just like a sad mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. We missed out on, on even just like the dumb stuff in London. I wanted- I wanted to have the experience of being on the train and somebody giving yes. me their chair because I was no, pregnant and, that's exactly, and I did not get it. That's exactly what I was going to say. In in London, um, the, the TFL, the train company here, you can get these like baby on board. It's like a little pin, a little, um, a little badge. And I ordered mine, like, you know, as soon as I got pregnant, I was like, oh, yes, I'm going to get my badge. And like, <laughs> like everyone's going to give me their seat and it's going to be amazing. And like, oh. um, and I think I, I mean, I only went on the tube, I think twice the whole pregnancy. And I, I don't even know that I brought it with me at one point, but um, I, I resorted to like, I put it on my backpack. So when I was walking down the street, I was like, people better get out my way because I'm like wearing this badge. Um, <laughs> and let me ask you, Rachel, for your gyno appointments, was your husband able to come with you? No, no. What's interesting here is with, with the public health care system, um, your standard form of care, it's all midwife led. So mm-hmm. like when I talk to, um, you know, friends or my mom, like my mom cannot understand 
I never saw an OBGYN, which is like really strange for an American. Um, so because tell obviously- us about that, because I think people, you know, people yeah. from the United States are kind of mind blown about this. And when you're going yeah. as an American through the process, uh, you're like, wait, what? Where's my doctor? It's another double edged sword, I think, because with public health care, there's this enticing thing about it where you're like, I like I was talking to some of my friends who had recently had kids and I was like, how like how much did it cost to have a baby? And they'd give me these numbers and I was like, oh my God, like it is so expensive having a kid. And I'm like, guess how much my birth was? And they were like, how much? And I was like, zero dollars. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Um, but that comes with its downfalls, right? It's public health. It's not perfect. But at the same time, I mean it's good enough, I guess. Like it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it wasn't the best. And also, like you said, you know, my husband couldn't be here or couldn't be there for, for the appointments. It's so minimal, the care here. It's just like, they just scrape you by to make sure like you survive and the baby survives, but it's Mm -hmm. not consultative. It's not personal. Like Danilo didn't come, unfortunately, to any appointment at all. There was one at one point, almost towards the end, same, similar to your husband, where like the rules were starting to change. And he got to the gyno's appointment, all like a stat- static that he was going to see the, like at least like one scan out of the whole pregnancy. And he got told there that he couldn't go in, basically. So he got there, he woke up at 8 a.m. and everything with me and um, he couldn't come in just because of a situation that they had had the day beforehand. It's Um, horrible. It's just interesting. It's, I'm just here kind of reminiscing because in an already quite isolating situation, your eyes, you know, like a pregnancy can be, and then you throw out the most isolating situation in the world, which is a global pandemic. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's not nice. Um, And having to experience that, like all that hormones and and, um, physical symptoms and like, even going to a scan, which you have to get, like, it's not, it's not optional. Um, it's, it's not nice. Um, and it's saying that, um, Raquel, I want you to dig into then the mental health elements uh, that you've been talking about, because it, it played a very big role in your pregnancy. Yes. So um, there, there were two components besides the fact that I didn't want to like, so I didn't want to give birth physically. Like I said, I wanted to be a mom, but I never wanted to give physical birth because I have a lot of self-esteem issues, right? With the self-esteem comes both anxiety and depression, right? Throughout this whole pregnancy, um, I definitely had to deal with things like anxiety. Anxiety, not only in the sense of like, because COVID happened, then getting out of the house, like me coping with the fact that I was a woman and I had to go through this process and Danilo did not have to go through this process. Like it's not his fault. I realized that, but unfortunately I was coming up with like thoughts about the fact that it was unfair that he didn't have to go through this. Mm -hmm. And I know it's nature. It's not his fault. I'm just saying like, it just took me like a long time to like cope with it. The good thing about my therapist is that she has gone through this process multiple times herself. So she could relate to me. She could help me out with the whole process. I'm also like a project manager. So guys, I was planning every single thing that came immediately after. Like I was already like looking at schools. I was looking at daycares. Granted, my kid wasn't born. What kind of food should I give him? Will I cook his own food? Like 
guys, I was like <laughs> planning like th this little kid's life and the reality, I, gra granted, I did not come in with a birthing plan, what they do in the United States. By the way, Nicole, do you know what a birthing plan is? No. You know this? A birthing plan is basically everything that you want all of your nurses to know about your experience. Like, I want an epidural. I do not want an epidural. I, I do not want a C-section. I want a, a natural birth. So like every single person that I've spoken to, every single woman that I've spoken to that has come up with a birthing plan, none of them have got it in their birthing plan done. Okay, like, so that's going to get us into switching gears because with that <laughs> birthing plan thing, I want... Rachel to tell then your birthing plan story oh yeah so they do also do the birthing plans here with NHS do you want like uh oh it was like do you want the, them to talk softly and like like I don't know just like all this all this crap like whatever um <laughs> so you you talk through it with your with your midwife um and I did do a birthing plan because I am a type a same as you like i'm the conductor okay like i my i like live for my little reminder list in my phone like that is me mm -hmm. i need to tick the boxes i need to check them off and i need to have a plan i was like so inspired i read all the books i read i don't know if you read into like hypnobirthing and like i brought i literally brought um like led little tea light candles like my husband like set them up in the room <laughs> like I love I that had, I had oil like oils and like all that all this like craft that's supposed to like relax you <laughs> and like whatever so I uh one of my friends had a very flower I guess I could say a very flowery birth um and she was really fortunate like she um had a very, very quick water birth. The baby basically fell out. Like, I don't know. For me personally, I was like so inspired by her because I was like, that's what I want. I want the baby to just fall out of me. I want to have this like magical water birth where like, you know, like you see it in the movies and um, that's, that's what I want, you know, like, and that's exactly what I put in my birth plan. I was like, water birth. I want music. I want this. I want that, whatever. Um, and I, I did put some, there's a section about if you have a C-section, you list some preferences or whatever. I mean, I promise you, I used to skip the sections on, on C-section sections in my, in my books and whatever I read. Um, I, cause I, I just, I was like, oh, I'm not having a C-section. Like, of course <clears throat> I'm not. Um, and, and obviously, obviously I, I did end up having an emergency C-section in my story, when my water broke, I was bleeding like from the get-go and it never stopped. It just, it literally, I, I never stopped bleeding, which, you know, as you know, like when you're about to give birth, like it's really scary. <laughs> it's really mm -hmm. like my heart was racing. And, you know, fortunately for me, my mom was there. My mom's actually a nurse in the States. Um, so she, she had the medical knowledge I think she hopefully purposely didn't want to freak me out, but like she knew that something was up <laughs> because mm -hmm. you're not really supposed to be bleeding. I, because the whole thing, it was my first birth. I didn't know what to expect for some reason. I was like, Oh, that's fine. Like, I don't know why I was like, who cares? Like, I guess this is normal. I don't know. And I just, you know, we carried on 
we took a taxi, the poor taxi. I'm pretty sure like we ran out of the taxi because I'm pretty sure I left something behind there. But anyways, oh my um, God, me too. promise you, I, I brought a towel with me, but I'm like pretty sure that like, yeah, anyways, I never checked our, um, our rating after that, but, um, but anyway, <laughs> worried yeah. about Uber ratings at that point. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I was like, get me the hell out. Oh, and then also when I got to the hospital, how stressful is this? Now this all happened at 1 a.m. My water broke at 1 a.m. Yeah, 1 a.m. I get to the freaking hospital and the front door was closed. We're like, where the hell? Um, and like, they don't tell you that there's like different entrances in the middle of the night. Anyway. Oh my God, this happened the same thing to me too. No way, really? I swear, I, swear <laughs> I got to the main entry of Lenox Hill and the Lenox Hill door is closed. And I'm like freaking out and I'm like- And no one's there. Oh, in my case, there was a security guard and security guard oh, was that's like, ma'am, they didn't tell you that the other entrance is the one that you're supposed to be using? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? In in the hospitals here, there's two different wards. There's the um, the labor ward, which is like any intervention that you might have, including an epidural, like has to be done in the labor ward with doctors, obviously C-sections and everything too. Um, but then there's the birth the birth center, you know, like the flowery, it's just midwife led. So like the midwives um, do the birth and that's where like the pools are. And like, it's like, <laughs> do they give you, know, you tea like, when you go in? It's like a spa. No, they literally, they advertise to you. They're like, it's like giving birth at a spa. And you're like, cool. <laughs> like this is going to be great. <laughs> um, so I go, cause naturally my birth plan my birth plan was to give birth in a birthing pool. So I go to the, to that ward and they like, look at me. They're like, um, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> like that's, that's a lot of blood. Um, they end up saying this is too much blood. <laughs> and I, I think I actually said out loud, oh, so I can't give birth in a birthing pool. <laughs> I'm like, no, like you can't. Okay. <laughs> um, and then they were like, they sent me over to the labor board and that's sort of what everything kind of spiraled. And, um, and ultimately, um, I ended up, uh, needing the, the C-section, but I wonder sometimes if I was in the States, if it would have, I think it would have gone completely different. I think I would have still had a C-section, but I think I would have had it much earlier um, because they let me go. They, they let me go because my vitals and Ava's vitals were normal. They let, I was there for like, I got there at one in the morning um, and I gave birth the following 10 PM. Um, mm-hmm. And they, yeah, I, I don't, obviously it, they shouldn't have let me go that long because what, what ultimately ended up happening is I had a, my placenta was ruptured, mm-hmm. um, which now looking back, I have learned that that's like pretty life-threatening. Um, mm-hmm. You wouldn't have known it if you were there in the room because no one no one knew that my placenta had ruptured until I actually had my surgery um mm-hmm. and talk about <laughs> traumatic um as I was literally like laying on the operating table I had just given birth obviously really really emotional um really shaky because I ended mm-hmm. up, I had an epidural and you had one too Um, but they, they pump you up more when you have a C-section and get, and Mm -hmm. have the operation and like, literally you start shaking and it's 
really scary. Um, but yeah, after after the operation, the doctor comes out and I, I had asked them, I said, I, I told them I wanted to see my placenta, just like really out of curiosity. Cause I was like, eh, you know, I'm just curious. Um, he comes out and he's like, with a, with a, like, almost like a serving tray. And he's like, oh yes, here's your placenta. Um, and, uh, I know why you were bleeding now. And he literally holds it up and he, there's a slit, like an actual, almost like a knife had just sliced into it. Mm-hmm. And he starts just pulling blood clots out of my placenta on this tray. And he's like, this is why you were bleeding so much. And I was like, laying there like what the actual what hell like I I just gave birth and now like you're showing me like my placenta which is um yeah it was it was pretty intense to say so what least. does a, a ruptured placenta mean so I mean of um, course clearly it is open but what does it so does the amniotic fluid comes out and the baby might be threat life threat it's 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 a jeopardy on both lives. It's a jeopardy yes. on both the baby and the yeah. mother. So like the mother could get an infection. So she yeah. sorry, but she could potentially like have complications, and then the baby can have her blood, yeah. which could be another complication. Yeah, correct me so if I'm wrong. I, I ended up getting an infection. Um, Ava luckily didn't, but the poor thing had to have a little. She had to have a little IV. Uh, and in my scenario, like my plus, like my my bag broke. So like all my fluid. So in, in my scenario, my water breaks. I, I like, I wake up from bed and I feel like this sound and I'm like, or at least inside of my body, I'm like, I'm not thinking much about it. Sit down on the sofa. Next thing, when I wake up, my whole water comes out like in the movies, actually in that scenario, so like, <laughs> like, Oh, my water comes out. I'm like, there were two things that were very clear to me. I want an epidural. Give me all the drugs. And then the second thing was, uh, I did a playlist in advance for music and somebody had told me that. And in my mind, guys, I live in a musical. Nicole knows this. I live, I think my life is a musical. So in my mind, I was going to give birth to the song of Waitress when she says, today's the day like any other. I am changed. I am a mother. Oh, in an instant. That's what my mind thought that this was going to be like. And uh, <laughs> Great musical, by the way. Fantastic musical. News flash, but it was really was a you like you thought oh, that, that was no, no 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 so like when I, when I ended up coming in and like the whole shebangs like like next thing they know all my my sack had broken all my liquids were coming on they said you're staying in here tonight and you're gonna give birth tonight and I'm like okay but I'm not in any pain so like in my scenario I never felt any contractions I got the epidural wow. before I got contractions right so the only time that I got contractions was so in the States, and I don't know if they do this in UK, but they give you like a little button when you yeah. have your epidural. Yeah, same. Yeah. And when you're, oh, yeah. When you're yeah, that, that, that button. The magic button. <laughs> so like they give you like the epidural button. And every time that the effect of the epidural was going out, you can just click on this button and more epidural comes out. So like more medicine comes out. So exactly. So like every time that I was about to get a contraction, I like felt like it. I'm like, bloop, bloop. So nothing. <laughs> The only time that I just couldn't find my stupid control remote, which I should have like locked against my arm, was when I was about to give birth. So I get like a really, really like big contraction. It's the only contraction that I felt the whole time. I'm like, where's the button? Where's the button? 
and then in general, your 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 birthing story was very straightforward. This girl was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're going into to give birth." I sort of got twenty minutes later. She texted back, saying that she was ordering a burger. <laughs> yes, I sort of got this happened. Yeah. Yeah, like I was telling everybody, like, "Hey guys, like I think it's coming soon, but we don't know when." And like because they have put medicine to like um to uh to open up my cervix. My by the time that I arrived to the hospital, my cervix wasn't open; was completely closed. So they have two options: Damn, yeah. they can give you they can give you drugs, yeah, which is one option. Or I had the oxytocin doc- drip. I don't know if you had the same. So I had the oxytocin drip. That was one option. So. My doctor had called in and he says, give her a balloon. So a balloon is this very long metal stick that has a balloon at the end, right? And then the balloon is filled in with saline water and it helps out your cervix open. So that was the first option that my doctor wanted. So he recommended that first, but then they try to put that on. Actually, that was the most painful thing. Uh, Sounds they try to horrible. Without the, yeah, without the epidural before. And oh, I said, no. like, I, can, I oh, can't no. do this. Sorry, guys. So they gave me the drugs, gave me the epidural. And then after the epidural, that's when they put in the balloon. When they put in the balloon within 10 minutes, I texted everybody when I had just gotten the balloon put in. Within 10 to 15 minutes, I had given birth. Oh my like God, the balloon just went like open story. up my, yeah. <laughs> like my cervix just went like from like, I think it was like uh, two centimeters. I- if only I had that damn balloon maybe things would have been different for me I don't think so Rachel let me tell you that 6 30 in the morning I started the oxytocin drip do you want to know where I was at at about 8 p.m three centimeters centimeters. yeah yeah so how long was in general your your labor Rachel me um well my water broke at 1 a.m. And then I gave birth at 10 p.m. So what's 20 hours? 40 hours. Oh, 10 p.m. Well, it was, yeah, Ah, it was, it was less than 24. Yeah, it was less than 24 hours. But that's because of my circumstance with the bleeding and everything, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah, they, they let you, I think they really let you go here, which is pretty bad because my cousin also had an emergency c-section but they let her go like almost for two days like okay so now your little babies are in the world Luca was born and Ava was born uh I've you know the tough part it's just getting started (laughs) right because all of that is just the beginning of it Thanks for listening as per usual. I am going to cut it there as I think till that point of this conversation, it sums up pretty well the topic of giving birth. But that is just half of a two hour long conversation I had with these two amazing women and warriors. So what I'll do is that I'll post the second half next week with the topic of becoming a mother. That's also a very interesting conversation, so stay tuned to next week's episode. And while I'm here, I just want to acknowledge the importance of speaking up and communicating the reality behind the scenes. And I'm going to encourage people, and most importantly women, to talk about all the challenges they experience, whatever that is. Never downplay your struggles because you never know how your story can help others and how can someone can relate. 
doing this project, I realized that women are extremely underrepresented in so many aspects. I know people talk about it. I know there's campaigns out of there. I know we've made a lot of progress, but the more we talk about things, the more I realize so many things we don't speak up and we feel we don't have the floor to talk about because we downplay them. Um, so I really wouldn't know where to begin, but I do hope that I'm able to shed light to a few of those struggles and reality. And with these episodes, I hope I am doing some of that deed. As per usual, lots of love and remember that normal is far from standard. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We now have a new website normaladjustments.com and we're looking for guests to be featured in the podcast if you or anybody you